gather ye friends round your flickering campfires and listen to tales of daring, horror and high adventure from the worn pages of history. Set aside thine ridiculous time travel episodes and hearken ye well to the voices of your storytellers. Look, I've already apologised for last week's episode. Bob Bob nearly died. And we completely messed with the space-time continuum. Everyone now thinks Julius Caesar died by having his bum swapped with his head. I didn't realise there would be such hilarious consequences. Precisely. You spent so long asking yourself whether or not you could, you never stopped to ask whether or not you should. Who are you? Dr Ian Malcolm? No, I am Uncle Bob-Bob. Father of a murdered son, husband of a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. I am Uncle Bilbo. If I was a word, you could but whisper it. And I would vanish. I am Tombo. And I am vexed. So very, very vexed. And I am the Pear Bear. All is dust and ash. Well, except for... The Silly History Boys Show! This week is our second episode on Gaius Julius Caesar. And after last week's debacle, we need to continue telling his tale to ensure that the timeline is corrected. Or something. Not entirely sure on the science, to be honest. But we're not the silly science boys, after all. Shame. New spin-off coming soon aside, where did we get to? If I remember correctly, Caesar had just shown mercy to the pirates that kidnapped him for ransom. If by mercy you mean had all their throats cut after crucifying them, then yes, you're exactly right. Why are history people always so awful? Come to think of it, why are people so awful? Oh, I've not even got started yet. Just wait till I get to... Gaul? Yes, yes, you said that in the last episode. Never interrupt me again. Yes, Caesar. Sorry, Caesar. Please don't show me mercy, Caesar. After dealing with the pirates, I was called back into military action over in Asia. There was an uprising against Roman rule. I crushed it, literally and figuratively. Then what did you do? I was made a military tribune. Essentially, it was a first step in my political career. I was then sent to Spain, or Hispania, as we called it, and did a spot of governing. You spent a lot of time outside of Rome. All part of my genius. You see, after Sulla had me proscribed... Which happened in the last episode, available for download on all good podcast platforms. He confiscated all my property and wealth, then kept it. I was in a spot of bother financially. I owed some people a lot of money. I know your pain. I owe Bob Bob five pounds. Being an elected official meant that I was immune to prosecution for my debts. So I stayed elected as long as possible, so I didn't have to pay them back. That is genius. Perhaps I should run for office. I stayed in Hispania for seven years, but eventually I had to return. I say, Gaius, old chap, your governorship ends tomorrow. Yeah, there, there's already debt collectors lining up outside your property. Yes, Brutus, I've seen them. If I were you, I'd pay them off. Well, obviously that's what I should do, Brutus, but to do that I need money, don't I? I've got loads of money. Want to lend Caesar some? Oh, gosh, no. 
Thieves are terrible at paying people back. Look at all the debt collectors outside his house. I either need a new political office by midnight or a generous benefactor. Did someone say shady benefactor? No, I said a generous benefactor. Who are you, shady person, and why are you on my property? Technically, it's my property. Marcus Licinius Crassus, at your service. Crikey, Caesar. Crassus is the richest man in Rome. Your boy Brutus isn't wrong. I'm totally super rich. I've heard of you. Didn't you start a postal service or something? Romazon Prime. <laughs> well, you're right. Just a little company I have that owns, well, everything really. Like I say, unbelievably, sickeningly rich. And you say you own my house? Yes. Technically, come midnight, I own the clothes you're wearing too. And you, pretty much. But I've never borrowed money from you. <laughs> I can see why there'd be confusion. What's happened is that I bought all of your debt. All of it. Why? Just to be nice. So we can be friends. You do want to be my friend, don't you, Caesar? Can I be your friend, Crassus? No. Um, I, I suppose we can be friends. Do I have to pay you back? It'll be enough to know that I have your friendship. That'll do. For the moment. Cool. I'm rich, but I wish I was Romazan Prime rich. What do you do with all that money? Apart from buy people's debt, I mean. Do with it? Why, nothing. I just gather it. Just so I've got it. A lovely big pile of money. All for me. One day I'd like to have all of it. I'm getting there. Well... That's the old debt problem sorted for now. Thank you, Crassus. Now, all I need to worry about is a new political office. How about Hispania again? I heard it was nice, so I bought it. You bought Hispania? But that's a country! In as legal a way as buying a country can be done, yes. Doesn't there need to be voting for me to take office? Yes. Bought all of those too. Romazon Prime was happy to sponsor and run the election and count all the votes. Well, Caesar, what a stroke of good fortune. Yes, a stroke of good fortune. And so, with the help of Crassus, Caesar went back to Hispania. There, he once again proved his skill as a general by putting down two uprisings in as many years. Such were his victories that his soldiers proclaimed him Imperator, meaning Commander. It was a great show of respect towards him by his soldiers, letting all know that they held him in the highest esteem. Having Crassus pay off a large part of his debt saved Caesar from the shame of prosecution and gained him a hugely powerful ally. It also drew the attention of another very powerful man, Gnaeus Pompeius Magnus, also known as Pompey the Great, a famed general, winner of several wars, and a man as beloved by his soldiers as Caesar was by his. In 60 BC, Pompey had returned to Rome in triumph after defeating his enemies in the east, Caesar had also returned to Rome from Hispania and was hoping to be elected consul, the highest position one could be elected to in the Republic.
Crassus, is that Pompey over there? Maybe. Who cares? Hate that guy. Won't let me buy any of his stuff. I'm well aware that you two don't get on. However, if I could get him to support my run for consulship, I'd be unstoppable. You've got me and all my chums behind you, Theodore, old boy. Don't worry. And that's most appreciated, Brutus, my loyal friend. I can tell you, without you, all those posho landed gentry senators wouldn't even give poor old me the time of day. And you've got me. I'll just bribe everyone to vote for you. Doesn't that seem a bit unsporting? What? Absolutely not. Bribery is an ancient, glorious tradition. It keeps the power in the hands of the rich, where it belongs. I can only agree, especially because I'm disgustingly rich myself. It's pretty sweet, I can tell you. Don't you think maybe the normal people who do all the work should have a say in what's happening? Oh, Caesar, you say the most outrageous things. Well, something sounds hilarious over here. What's so funny, Crassus? Did you finally realise that you're stupid and also that your face is stupid? If my face was stupid, Pompey, I'd just go and buy another face, you know, with all the money I have. But I don't have to because my face is, in fact, not stupid. Unlike yours. There isn't enough medicine in all of Rome to fix that chariot crash of a thing you call a face. Oh, really? Slave, come here. Yes, Master Bessos. Sorry, I mean, Crassus. Go and buy all the medicine. From the doctor, Lord? No, from the city. Go and buy all the medicine in Rome. Okay. Off you go then. Chop, chop. Am I supposed to be impressed? You will be. When you see there's more than enough medicine to sort out my face. Which doesn't even need sorting out. Now, now, gentlemen, there's no need to... Just wait till everyone is getting their medicine from Ramazan Prime. Oh, yes. It's a-coming. Is this Caesar? I've heard a bit about this one, Crassus. It is said the plebs like him. Do the plebs like you, Caesar? The good, hard-working, everyday people of the city of Rome? Uh, they find me relatable, certainly. For some reason, back to fact that I'm a very good family. He was a high priest of Jupiter. I wasn't short of a few quid before this began. Good. I'm going to help you become consul. You can't do that. I'm helping him become consul. I'm helping and so are my friends. Hooray! We're all helping Caesar. I'm honoured. Between the three of us, I feel like we could really make some changes for the good. If we stand together, the three of us, we will hold so much sway in the Senate. We'll be able to do anything. Precisely. For too long, the Conservatives in the Senate have blocked my proposals. Mine too. Stupid Conservatives. Well, look at you two, agreeing on something. We all hate Conservatives after all. And so the triumvirate came to be. Caesar, 
Pompey and Crassus, the three most powerful men in Rome, joined together to further their common interests. Technically, there was another consul, one put in place by the Optimates, or the Optimates, however you pronounce it, what are you going to do? It's a dead language. The conservative faction within the Senate. But that consul, named Marcus Bibulus, was so ineffective, satirists started calling the year 59 BC the consulship of Julius and Caesar. And so I say to you, people of the Senate, we give poor people land to live on and let them have better lives. Nonsense. Poor people are smelly and rubbish. Then if they want land, they should get some money and stop being poor. The honoured gentleman is talking bullywoff. Passing this bill would improve the lives of thousands of good, honest Roman citizens. <laughs> Smelly, poor Roman citizens. I wouldn't be much of a conservative if I just stood by and let something nice happen to people less fortunate than myself, would I? <laughs> All of this from a man who's never known a hard day's work in his life. Ew! Hard work? Why, why that's for plebs. Probably doesn't even pay enough taxes. Taxes are for the poor. And let the Senate rolls show. If this bill even looks like it's going to pass, I'll just say there are bad omens. <gasps> you! Wouldn't. I would. I'll just say I saw a bird flying upside down or something. That'll stop your bill in its tracks. You would stoop that low? Still wouldn't be as low as the poor people you're trying to help. Right, that's enough of you. Soldiers! Yes, sir. Kindly escort my fellow consul out of the Senate, if you would. He is going to go on holiday for the rest of the year. I most certainly am not. Oh, yes, he is. Soldier, I'd very much like you to show him what will happen if he doesn't. You mean you'd like me to rough him up a bit, Caesar? No, I want you to rough him up a lot. You can't do that. I'll set my lictors on you. You see his lictors? His bodyguards, the men who protect him at all costs, because the body of a consul is supposed to be untouchable and sacrosanct. Yes, them. Rough them up too, and break their staffs of office. Punch them in the groin, as you command. What? No, I, I didn't say anything about groins. You said staff of office. I thought... Oh, I see. No, I meant their farces, the ceremonial weapons they carry as a badge of office. Oh, those. Right you are. Then punch them in the groin. Oi, you, give me that. Hey, get off my farces. Stop this at once. Sorry, mate, can't do that. Got orders. Oh, man. How's anyone going to know I'm a lictor now? Oh, my staff of office. Caesar, call your man off. Um, no. Now then, where were we? Oh yes, all those in favour of granting the poor land of their own till they have a chance of improving their lot in life? 
Yes, that's what I thought. Democracy works. After his year as consul, Caesar had himself made governor of Gaul, and he went there with his soldiers to start doing some conquering. He was still quite badly in debt, but conquering would see his coffers fill with wealth very quickly. And that is precisely what he did. He conquered the ever-living heck out of Gaul. Using his strategic cunning, he picked off the Gaulish tribes one at a time, taking advantage of the fact that they spent more time fighting each other than defending themselves against him. At the start of his governorship, Caesar was in command of four legions, somewhere around 24,000 men, plus auxiliaries, non-Roman soldiers. Caesar used his battles in Gaul as an excuse to raise two more legions. He was quickly becoming one of the most powerful generals in all of Rome. By 56 BC, the conquest of northern Gaul, what today would be northern France, was complete. Caesar then set his eyes on the small island that lay across the sea. Britain was his next target. However, before that could happen, he was asked to return to Rome. Pompey and Crassus now held the consulship, but their relationship, always fractious, was deteriorating. It said next day delivery, and now I'm being told I'm not going to have it until the end of the week. Ramson Prime is a disgrace. What do I even pay the subscription fee for? Some items have different dispatch times. You signed the agreement when you joined Prime. Well, I think I'll unsubscribe, thank you very much. Listen, I have travelled thousands of miles back to Rome at your request. Can we please get down to business? Both Gauls back there are itching for an excuse to cause trouble. Which is why we've called you back, actually. You're doing a bit too well over there, Caesar, old boy. Think you could slow down a bit. What? Why? You're making us look bad. I haven't conquered anything for ages. People are going to start calling me Pompey the Fair to Middling if things carry on like this. You chose to be consuls. You can do some conquering when your terms are over. Listen, Caesar. Without me, you'd never have got a start in politics. Don't make me call in your debts. Go for it, me lad. I've just conquered an area of Europe that will one day make up most of a country called France. I have subjugated 300 tribes and destroyed 800 cities. And that's not to mention the one million Gauls I've enslaved. Dude, I'm basically as rich as you now. Plus, I've got a massive army. Call in what you like, skipper. Do what you're told, or... Or you'll what, Pompey? You'll set your army on me. The vast majority of your soldiers are old and retired on the land that you had me make the Senate give them. No, here's what's going to happen. The two of you are going to renew my governorship of Gaul for five more years. Then I'm going to go back there, sail over to Britain, and conquer them as well. Never in all my life. Well, I think we're done here, don't you? Farewell, gentlemen. Caesar, his governorship renewed, returned to Gaul, and then sailed over the channel to Britain. However, it didn't go quite as well as he'd hoped. Caesar, we've encountered a pretty big problem with the invasion, sir. 
And what problem is that, Mark Antony, that your parents couldn't decide what to call you, Mark or Antony? Listen, chum, you're new to my service, so you probably aren't aware of how little I like problems. Cliffs, sir. Massive cliffs. The Britons are standing on top of them, and every time we try and climb them, they, they drop stuff down on us. It's quite unfair, sir. Are you telling me that they're not waiting for us at the top so that we can have a nice pitched battle? Precisely, sir. That is a bit unfair. You're quite right. We managed to get down the coast a bit and burn some villages, but I don't think we can call it conquering. Hmm. I think we might need more men to do this properly. Right, lads. Back to the ships. We'll try again next year. Which is precisely what he did. He returned with more men and supplies in 54 BC and made greater inroads into Britain. However, whilst he was overseas, Gaul erupted into rebellion, and so Caesar was forced to sail back again and deal with that. Listen, you Gauls! You've completely ruined my conquering of Britain! And we do it again! We Gauls are not for conquering! You Romans come along and burn our cities and build your stupid forts all over the place. We were doing absolutely fine and having a lovely time killing each other before you came along. And if you had any sense, you'd unite against us. You might stand a chance if you did. But no, you're too busy hating each other. And I won't lie about this, conquering you was a piece of placenta. What? It's the Roman word for cake. I was saying the conquering you was a piece of cake. Why didn't you just say that then? Gross. Because I was trying to throw in a historical tidbit all subtle and everything. It's not my fault that we Romans call cake placenta. You Romans, with your weird cake. Boo. My tribe are totally going to rebel now. Down with Roman cake. Yeah, my tribe are going to rebel too. Let's all rebel. Are you all rebelling together? Don't be ridiculous. My tribe wouldn't be caught dead rebelling with these losers. We wouldn't want to rebel with you anyway. You guys are rubbish at rebelling. Rubbish at rebellion, not rubbish at rebelling. See, this is why my tribe wouldn't rebel with either of your tribes. Terrible grammar. Last time I saw you rebel, Don't be you basically just Well, your tribe's so rubbish yeah. that Boo. I looked in the bin and I saw your tribe being that's rubbish. Like, that's capitulating. That's the opposite of rebelling, you rubbish rebellions. Stupid, stupid goals. Back in Rome, Crassus's term as consul was coming to an end, so he decided to head east with some legions that he bought and do some conquering of his own. Legionary, how fares the battle? Not well, sir. No. The Parthian cavalry have completely destroyed our left and right flanks. Yeah. And our middle is about three seconds from... Oh, yep. Yep, there it goes. So we're winning, then? Um, not really, sir. No. What do you mean? We've got so many more soldiers than them. I should know. I paid for them all. Had, sir. Yeah, had more soldiers than them, yeah. I fear it's going to be one of them things what's remembered about the Battle of Carhae. Message for you, sir. The Parthian general, Surina, has invited you to peace talks. Well, I suppose we best hear him out. The famed Marcus Licinius Crassus, 
richest man in Rome. How's that money working out for you today, huh? I'm here to negotiate your surrender. <laughs> You're a funny man. I suppose you want gold too, eh? If you know what's best for you, then yes. I have gold prepared for you, Crassus. Still one, just how you like it. Hold him! What? Unhand me, you brutes. I, Marcus Licinius Crassus. What happened next is so hideously poetic that we can't betray it in detail for fear of causing, um, nightmares. Suffice to say, the Parthian general did give Crassus some gold. Yeah, it's just that it was molten, and he made Crassus drink it. My goodness, that's awful. I know, right? What a waste of gold. Oh. Well, that's Crassus out of the way. Fortunately, I married my daughter to Pompey, so our alliance is as strong as ever. Yes, but she dies in childbirth. In fact, that happens even before Crassus dies. Oh, well, I'll just offer him my niece as a new bride. He declines. Does he? Rude. I may have to deal with him. Caesar certainly would have to deal with Pompey. But before he could, over in Gaul... We shall slay the Romans and wear their heads on our belts. Don't be ridiculous. That's a stupid thing to do. My tribe scoop out the brains, mix them with clay, and then bring the clay brain balls out at parties to impress guests. That's how you slay a Roman. Nonsense. You skin the heads and make them on sticks, then bob them around a little bit. That's what you're supposed to do it. No, the way I do it is the way you're supposed to do it. No, that's a load of rubbish. Tell what you do is you skin the heads and you make them on sticks, then bob them around a Enough! For too long now, we've fought amongst ourselves. Our tribes must unite and face the Roman invaders as when people. And who are you to be telling us what we should be doing? I am Vercingetorix, and if you listen to me, we will have victory. My tribe loves victory. So does mine. And mine. Then follow me. Let all the tribes be one tribe. Let all of our people be one people. Do this, and we will send the Romans back over the mountains. For Gaul! For Gaul! Uh-oh. Looks like Caesar's got trouble coming his way. Will our hero survive? Well, no. He won't, will he? Remember, he gets assassinated. I meant, will he survive this fresh turn of events? Do the Gauls assassinate him? No, of course not. Then he'll survive, won't he? Until he gets assassinated. Yes. I was trying to create a sense of tension. A cliffhanger to make people listen to part three! Oh, that's what that was. You did very well. Listener. Singular, we have reached the end of another episode. A lot of political twists and turns this week. Funny stuff. We hope our ridiculousness has tickled you right in the <clears throat> funny bone. Is that the timeline fix now? Um, let's say no. We'll do that next time, though. Oh, right. Okay. Um, suppose I should say it then. We have been the Silly History Boys. And as ever, we are... Sorry!
Boys episode 11 or Caesar 2. The seasoning was written and produced by the Silly History Boys. Gaius Julius Caesar, a Roman legionary and a Gaul were played by Robert Uncle Bob Bob Bond. Marcus Licinius Crassus, Mark Antony, a Roman legionary and a Gaul were played by Will Uncle Bilbo Tristram. Brutus, Marcus Bibulus, Slave One, not the spaceship, a Roman legionary, a Gaul, and Vercingetorix were played by Tom Tombo Fermor. Crikey, I gave him a lot to do this week. And Gnaeus Pompeius Magnus, the Parthian general, Surina, and a Gaul were played by me, the Pear Bear. Hello, everybody. Music provided by Rob, Lord Fast Fingers Tristram, and the very generous Scott Buckley. What a lovely man. Extra sound effects from those lovely folks over at zapsplat.com. Thanks as ever to those who have lent us their voices of displeasure for the credits. Your test judo formation of booze keeps us protected from our own egos. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on your chosen podcast platform or, even better, tell someone, preferably someone with good breeding and plenty of land. Or a TV producer, someone like that. Next week, we'll see the finale of our Caesar trilogy. And yes, like the Titanic, we all know how it's going to end, but it's how we get there that's important, isn't it? The journey. Yup. So, you know, tune in and whatnot. Okay, bye. I was thinking we could perhaps change our accents, you know, for something more oity-toity and less approachable. Maybe uh, something like this. Yeah, that sounds nice. And we could make ridiculous sounds like this. Uh, uh, liberté. Uh, fraternité. Uh, apostrophe. CBBC and, and all of that rubbish, eh? Stupid, stupid goals.